This is Ventures Africa. Hi, I'm Hadassah Egbeli. Today on Beyond the Headlines, we are discussing Neka the Uber driver and rape being referred to as black culture. Right now, I have Cynthia Okorafo here to talk about rape as black culture. Hi, Cynthia. Hello, Hadassah. So, do you think that we'll stop hearing about racial issues in South Africa anytime soon? I think not, just like we might not stop hearing about it, you know, globally as it is. And this is also, you know, because of the history of the country with apartheid and generally with racist issues and racism, in fact. I think that it's something that is not as easy to eradicate in the sense that, oh, you know, after a while, you, you will think that going from that era where it was white oppression and white dominance, even in politics, socially, you know, all around as it was globally, that after they gained independence and they were able to like remove power from the hands of the minority, which happened to be the whites, that they would have, you know, gone. And with the fact that they're so developed, like they're the most developed nation in the continent, right? So you would mm-hmm. think that they, have, they would easily move past the, the past. Right. But it's not the case. And I think it will remain that way for a long time. They have, uh, for example, anti-racism week, you know, uh, remembrance for the apartheid, you know, different things that would just not make it. They celebrated that early this month. Or Ex- last month. Exactly. So it's, it's not like something that would, that would stop being news anytime soon. Okay. So can racism actually be criminalized? You know, it's, I think it's an interesting concept. But I don't know. Recently. Yes, the, the idea of it is, is interesting, right? And I, I, I imagine appealing to some people. But I don't know how easy that would be to make it a crime. How would you do it? First of all, exactly, right? That's that's the very first thing is how, what paradigms you place, you know, around making it a crime. At, at what point do you say, you know what, you, you're the racism. Comment the, yes, action. right. It's tricky. Yes, like even in South Africa, there are laws guiding uh, hate speech, you know, and such incidences where you can't, yeah, it can come with a fine, it can come with you losing your job, like for high police officials like this judge in question now. And yeah, I guess that's punitive or as punitive as you can get, right? But to criminalize it, to like say, oh, we're going to pass this into law because especially if it hasn't happened, like, I don't know, in other parts of the world, not like, not that it has to happen there before it happens here, but it's just normally the, normally we follow, right? Right. <laughs> but yes, it's like, or you think we've got to a point globally that that would happen. But I, I think it would be a bit to, that would be a different kind of crime on For its own. For once, we own. can set the pace and actually Yes, but, but then it would be, it's a tricky situation. Setting the pace for maybe, I don't know, making it, making it illegal to, uh, what, what, how do you begin to judge and say, okay, yeah, you know, this just, is how much racism that you feel. And also question. what that, that even says for me is if you make something like uh, a crime, right, or you say this thing is a crime, it just somehow speaks to me like that's not going anywhere anytime soon. You are kind of like more ingraining the thing. It's like... You think? It's not, yeah, for example, you can't see... you. Or you can actually say that crime is like a part of society. It's not something you can take away. You can try to stop murders, you know, of course, by sending people to jail. You can try to stop robberies. But it's like, oh, if, it's not like if you heard about crime. It's like, oh, no, that's the natural part of society. We, you know, people always commit crimes because we're human. So to do that with um, what we're talking about racism. now, racism, right, would be to say, oh, we should just probably expect people to always be this way. And they will just punish them when they when they do that. That's that's how that comes across 
to me also. All right, Cynthia. Thank you so much. Thank you. Moving on, Cynthia and I will discuss the real issue highlighted in the comedy skit, Neka the Uber driver. Yes. And Hadassah, do you think that Nigerian parents in diaspora are a bit too hard on their children? Um, I would say Nigerian parents are generally too hard on their children. It's not just Nigerian parents in diaspora. Right. Like you mean that in the context of when you send your kids to school, like expectations and then that. Exactly. But then it's, it's not just Nigerian parents in that regard, if you ask me. Well, it's something that everyone can relate to. But then, <laughs> no, it's it's quite general in the sense that a lot of parents everywhere want the best from their kids, right? Especially when they're spending tons of money to send them to Ivy League schools, right? So it's I don't think it's a Nigerian parents. I mean, it's this is definitely an issue, right? Mm-hmm. But mm, okay, do you think the fact that your parents, um, because just because they are financing your education, that they have the right to dictate to you what course you should study, what career path you should I choose? I do not. Of course, I do not think that. All of this is embedded in that. The fact that, oh, you must do this. The fact that, oh, look at, she was naming Google and Apple. I mean, for mm. her, that's like the... And people do well as entrepreneurs and all she could do was shame her daughter. She hadn't even asked, oh, how... Because obviously the girl tried. She tried to get jobs at um, a job at Google or Apple and it didn't happen. Of course. And she took the next best move. But all her mother could see was a failure and all the wasted resources... Harvard. Yeah, no, definitely parents could are definitely having the kids when it comes to issues like that. But yes, of course, it should not be the case because maybe Neka doesn't want to be an Uber driver, but that kids that actually do want to probably be, I don't know, these days, be an Uber driver, right? And they should be allowed <laughs> to do that. Yeah, she stressed driver. that she was an Uber driver, which I mean, no, but all jokes aside, I yes, there is a point about parents in general being hard on their kids and that should that should definitely change, especially when it comes to career choices and all of that. And how would you say that comedy has evolved in the last decade in Nigeria? Well, I would say that comedians have moved past, you know. You know, back in the day, it used to be um, Night of a Thousand Laughs. Yes. yes, and strictly stand-ups. But now we have social media. So a lot of, you know, their... Um, content, a lot of their works are now, you know, packaged to suit the trend. And then a lot of um, their works now reflect like cultural, societal issues. They always <laughs> make it, although that has always been the case, but now it's, you know, it's better put together and everything. So yeah, that's just, that's the major trend with comedy in Nigeria. It's now packaged to suit um, social media as in, it's just packaged for the time that we are in right now. Right. Do you think it affects stand-up comedy, do you think? I don't think so. Sometimes you still just want to be um, in the live, you know, in a live show. Yeah, but no, that's you're speaking from the audience's point. I'm saying from the point of the comedians themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you think we have more of them just doing social media because it's easier I imagine to like well I'm not saying it's easy for the record right but I'm saying it's I guess it's easier to be behind the camera or in front of one as in this case and then or in your room or in your house or somewhere with your friends or people that you're comfortable with and you know make videos and crack jokes but then some of these people might actually be like shy 
and I'm probably not, you know, stand-up material or something. Mm-hmm. No, it's bad. I'm just saying, do you think it affects that aspect of the profession in any way? I, I don't think so, because at the end of the day, these people still want, like, remunerations. They still want, like, um, returns for what they do. And they wouldn't get that here. So I guess, at the end of the day, what they do translate into, like, shows and shows. concerts and everything. Exactly. So at the, I, it doesn't at all. Great. If anything, it helps. All right. Thanks. All right, Cynthia. Thank you. Now, on to the minute news. President Buhari to host the second regional security summit in Abuja. David Cameron describes Nigeria and Afghanistan as fantastically corrupt countries. 19 of the 100 kidnapped Ethiopian children have been freed in South Sudan. The Economic and Financial Crimes Commission has been fined 10 million naira for illegally detaining an Austrian. Former Nigerian head of state Olujego Obasanjo says President Buhari is not grounded in the economy. Ukraine offers to invest $1 billion in Nigeria's Adjao Kuta Steel Company. And that's it on Beyond the Headlines for today. I am Hadassah Egbedi. Thank you for listening. Do join us next time. To read more of our stories and listen to our podcasts, visit VenturesAfrica.com. Follow us on Twitter at VenturesAfrica, Facebook, and other social media platforms. This is Ventures Africa.